Chapter Seven of The Way of the Wind by Zoe Anderson Norris. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Roger Moline. Chapter Seven. Across the purple prairie, the wandering stars blinking down upon him, the wind tearing at him to know what the matter was, the tumbleweeds tumbling at the heels of his bronco, his heart in his mouth. Seth madly rode in the wild midnight to fetch the weazened old woman who tended the women of the desert, rode as madly back again, leaving the midwife to follow. After an age, it seemed to him, she came, and the child was born. Seth knelt and listened to the breathing of the little creature, in the rapture felt by most mothers of newborn babes, and by more fathers than is supposed. Now and again this feeling, which more than any other goes to make us akin to the angels, is lacking in a mother. Seth saw with a sadness he could not uproot that Celia was one of these. His belief, therefore, in the efficacy of the child to comfort her, went the way of other beliefs he had been forced one by one to relinquish. When, after some weeks of tending her, the old woman was gone, and Celia was able to be about, it was he who took charge of the child, while she, in her weakness, gave herself up to an increased disgust for her surroundings, and an even deeper longing to go back home. It was in vain that he showed her the broad green of the wheat fields, smiling in the sunlight, waving in the wind. Some blight would come to them. Fruitlessly, he pictured to her the little house he would build for her when the crop was sold. She listened incredulously. And then came the grasshoppers. For miles over the vastness of the desert they rushed in swarms, blackening the earth, eclipsing the sun. Having accomplished their mission of destruction, they disappeared as quickly as they had come, leaving desolation in their wake. The prairie farms had been reduced to wastes, no leaves, no trees, no prairie flowers, no grasses, no weeds. One old woman had planted a garden near her dugout, trim, neat, flourishing, with its rows of onions, potatoes, and peas in the pod. It was utterly demolished. She covered her head with her apron and wept old disconsolate tears at the sight of it. Another was hanging her clothes on the line. When the grasshoppers were gone, there were no clothes and no line. As for the beautiful wheat fields that had shone in the sun, that had waved in the wind, they lay before Seth's tearless eyes a blackened ruin. Was it against God's wish that they make their feeble effort to cultivate the plains, those poor pioneer people, that he must send a scourge of such horror upon them? Or had he forsaken the people and the country, as Celia had said? Seth walked late along the ruin of the fields, not talking aloud to God, as was his wont when troubled, silent rather as a child upon whom some punishment has been inflicted, for he knows not what. Silent, brooding, heart-sick with wondering, and above all, afraid to go back and face the chill of Celia's look and the scorn of her eye. 
but what one must do, one must do, and back he went, finally, opened the badly hung door and stood within, his back to it, with the air of a culprit, responsible alike for the terror of the winds, the scourge of the grasshoppers, and the harshness of God. "'As a man,' he said slowly, her blue eyes shining with their clear, cold look of cut steel through slits of half-shut white lids, the words dropping distinctly, clearly, relentlessly, that he might not forget them, that he might remember them well throughout the endless years of desert life that were to follow. "'You are a failure.' He hung his head. "'You are right,' he said. For though he had not actually gone after the grasshoppers and brought them in a deadly swarm to destroy his harvest, he had enticed her to the plains, it seemed for the purpose of witnessing the destruction. "'You are right,' he reiterated. In the night Celia dreamed of home and the bluegrass hills and the whippoorwills and the mockingbirds that sang through the moonlight from twilight till dawn. Sobbing in her sleep, she waked to hear the demoniacal shriek of the tireless wind and the howl of a coyote, and wept, refusing to be comforted. The next day she said to Seth firmly and conclusively, "'I am going home.'" End of chapter 7 Recording by Roger Moline